Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. This is episode number 46 of the History for Weirdos podcast. Welcome back, weirdos. I'm feeling good. I am not. (laughs) (laughs) If I sound a little funny, I'm just coming down with something. Nothing serious, but I think I sound a little groggy. Yeah. Um, But I'm okay, just in case anyone was wondering what's up with my voice. Like, why does her voice sound so weird? Yeah. So I've just had kind of a lazy day today, just hanging out on the couch, watching way too much TV while Mm -hmm. Andrew's been out, like surfing and being active (laughs) yeah i know i've been having like a great day i met up with a buddy went surfing and i'm like yeah this is awesome and then stephanie's at home like i don't feel so good yeah i get up off the couch and i'm like wow you did it (laughs) whereas i'm like paddling and getting my ass kicked (laughs) waves all i'll say is that i'm very grateful that this week is your week to regale us with a history for weirdos tale oh yes so why don't you tell us what that is oh and that i shall Okay, so today's topic is about a prophet who lived roughly 3,000 years ago, but even that is a slightly controversial statement. We'll get into that in a minute. Mm. And I will say, right off the bat, like, it probably is remotely or a little bit obvious once I, once I say this, but like, this was a very tough episode to, okay. to research, just because so much is surrounded in myth oh. and legend. Okay. And, Those I are mean, always interesting, And though. even, like, mm-hmm. modern-day archaeologists and historians have, and linguists even, have trouble identifying when this person lived. But, Ooh, yeah, so just to give you a little bit of intrigue. There's mystery. This is a man who inspired a religion whose practitioners range from ancient Achaemenid Persian King of Kings to Freddie Mercury, the late <laughs> singer of the rock band Queen. Queen! King of Kings and then Queen! I Wow, I should have... I'm 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 at a loss for words right now. I didn't even know that when I wrote that down. That was not a coincidence. No. Wow, Freddie Mercury. So I have a feeling I know what this is. Yes. Um, Because I watched the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) (laughs) So you know all about Freddie. So I know all about our boy. So this episode will focus around the founder of Zoroastrianism, Zarathustra, or aka uh, Zoroaster. I'll use these names interchangeably, but they're the same. Okay, I don't think I can say it. Zoroastrianism? Zoroastrianism. Okay. Founder is Zoroaster. Okay. And then... Or Zara... Yeah, or Zarathustra. Okay. Zarathustra, I will probably err more towards, just because that's a more proper pronunciation of his name but mm-hmm. i mean this is thousands of years ago so it's kind of like yeah yeah who knows yeah who knows yeah who knows zoroaster sure. comes from like the greek and they just like butchered it so of course they <laughs> yeah. did. i know the romans and the greeks are so funny because it's like if you weren't you know greek if you or were roman. greek or roman basically yeah you're basically just like a straight up barbarian i mean yes. they did look at to other older like really old um civilizations like egypt and yeah. they they definitely gave them some credence oh, they but loved egypt. they were the exception mm-hmm. everyone else basically were just barbarians of course i mean even the greeks thought the romans at one point were barbarians so but were they wrong 
they were they did some barbarity that's for sure i love the romans so i'm a little bit like yeah they did some really messed up things but they also built roads so and aqueducts really nice roads real nice roads like okay so i will okay actually before i even get into this i just want to make a disclaimer Mm -hmm. um this episode is about the historical figure Zarathustra, mm. and I'm going to purposely try to avoid dogma as much as possible. But, you know, given that he is a religious teacher, yeah. philosopher, and just leader, that it's going to be impossible to stray from it, like, completely, right? I'm going to, but I will teach about his writings, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to dive deep into, like, what they mean from, like, a fit, like, um, you know, theological perspective. Yeah. Just more of like, how did this influence history? Yeah. That's going to, and then I'm just going to be very strict. Like, this is what he taught, and then stay away from that. Anything more than that. Right, because we don't know a lot about the religion itself. Right. I don't know a single, like, person who's a who's Zoroastrian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, because we've talked about this before, how much religion shapes history exactly uh different religions different spiritual beliefs it's so so interesting like aside, like you said aside from the actual like what did the, these people believe in how did they practice how did this impact their day-to-day like the history of humankind is, sh- is so shaped by these ideas yeah it's so fascinating it is isn't it like i mean it's so crazy when you look at like ancient civilizations mm-hmm. you can't really like look at political life yeah like outside the scope of religion because they're just so intertwined. Yeah. It was, it wasn't, it was just the default. Like we all believe this. This is how, this is the lens in which we live our lives. Right. Which that is the case for some people today. But obviously now the goal is to separate those right. more. Exactly. It's not a successful goal that we always reach, but we're going for that. <laughs> yeah. Let's, and with that, I think we're going to, it's a good time to move on into the story again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, this obviously we're looking at things from 3000 years ago. So things will have changed with this religion, you know, over oh, the course yeah. of that history. Again, it's kind of going back to the disclaimer, but I did want to say this. So you're basically saying this isn't like a reflection of what people might practice or believe today. That's a perfect summary. Okay. That's a perfect summary. Awesome. So Zarathustra was born in, well, we don't know. Yay! <laughs> yeah. It's a hotly debated subject with ranges, modern ranges being from like 1500 to 700 BC. If you throw in some ancient ranges, I mean, it goes back like literally millions of years, which is preposterous. Yeah. Um, and even like, I think it was Aristotle, don't quote me on this, but it was Aristotle or one of those Greeks. Um, they thought he lived like 3,000 years before them. So, oh, I mean, wow. Yeah, so this, the range is just all over the place. But the general consensus today, like the is roughly 1200 BC. Okay. And I think that's kind of a good reference point anyways, um, because that's also, and I think I'm just biased because it co- coincides with, what do I always talk about? Uh, the Bronze Age Collapse? <laughs> yes! Yes! Yes, I'm, I'm not even joking. Okay. It roughly coincides it with It always that. goes back to the Bronze Age Collapse in yeah. this household, you guys. I know. And I, I don't think where he was from in modern <laughs> Iran, it was the, that collapse was as as hardly felt as it was in like the Eastern Mediterranean, but it was still happening. So Zarathustra like starts off life um, training to be a priest. That's, that's very like kind of all we know. And that comes from one of his writings, which I'll get to in a little bit. 
But according to tradition, he received a vision from Ahura Mazda, who is the main deity of Zoroastrianism, to spread, quote-unquote, the truth. Okay. And this was a look at dualism, or the contrast between what is holy and good versus what is evil and deceitful. Mm-hmm. It was just very, like, kind of black and white, for this, lack of a better term. This tracks with prophets so right. far. Right, I know, right? This tends to be their vibe. The evil was personified by the lie, or druge. And there was also evil spirits called devas. Uh-huh. I could get into that whole thing, but I'm, I'm not going to. Okay. Because it's super interesting. But <laughs> he's often mischaracterized as spreading an early representation of monotheism, but that's not strictly correct. According to many Achaemenid records throughout the 6th and 4th centuries BC, they often refer other gods as well. It's just that they held Ahura Mazda as the chief amongst them, as the creator of earth and heaven. Okay. So he's like the source, and then there's right. these other deities that they do worship, but maybe not as much. Exactly, not okay. as much, and they're just and they're like it's not like kind of in the Greek pantheon where you have Zeus, which is like the head honcho, and there's other gods, but they're all very strong, right? Right. This is like Ahura Mazda is like by far like he's the strongest. Then every other god is like at least a tear down, if not more. Okay, that's a good distinction. Yeah. They're almost like more like demi... Not, they're not quite demigods, but like very lesser gods. Okay. Um, his biggest contribution comes from the form of the Gothas. These are a collection of 17 sacred hymns mm. that are written in a language called Avestan. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, because it's very... The only modern relative, I think, is ancient Sanskrit. Wow, ancient yeah. Sanskrit is so, the modern relative? Or not the, but you know, like the only other relative. Wow. Because they come from a linguistic group called the Indo-Aryan. Uh-huh. And so that, and that split off um, into, you know, modern Iran and then into the, the Indian subcontinent. Modern day, like, you know, Pakistan and India. That's nuts to think about. <laughs> I know, isn't it? Wow. Um. So what's fascinating about this is that this language kind of like I mentioned, is very different to a lot of contemporary proto-Iranian languages. And, oh yeah, and it's Vedic Sanskrit, to be specific. From the Vedas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the Vedas, exactly. I, you know, And this is just further mystery to this already incredibly mysterious character. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. I was like, how close is it related to Iranian? But it sounds like not at all. Not really, yeah. Wow. It's very strange. Um, and they think that he comes from kind of like modern day Afghanistan, maybe they called it Bactria in ancient times. Hmm. Um, and which was kind of very similarly linked to ancient Iran. But like, again, like this language doesn't really match anything else in that area. That's so only similar to Vedic Sanskrit, which is way farther south. Wow. That's so cool. How languages take on these lives and they're gone and and the new ones are born. Super interesting. So it's crazy. Um, The Gothas form the core of what's called the Yasna or essentially like the Zoroastrian principle form of worship. So his Gothas, what he penned, it's pretty big deal. This sounds like a really big deal. (laughs) Yeah, he was a big deal. And so I'm, I kind of want to just give a brief overview on some of the events of his life. Okay. So again, I already mentioned this, but it's worth re-noting. Not a ton is known about his life. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do know, he started training to be a priest um, of some sort of earlier Indo-Aryan or Indo-Iranian religion. Okay. Um, probably around the age of seven years old, we think. <gasps> Wow. He left his parents at age 20, according to him, mm-hmm. and began traveling and learning. That's... So he just wanted to travel. He's like a millennial. So he's he, like might, a... he might have been a Sagittarius. 
like me. He just wanted oh to travel. Oh my god! Sagittarius is also very um, spiritual zodiac sign. Like they come across as very like, oh, this dude just wants to like travel, have fun, but be like, a prophet. Be a prophet. No, the prophet would be like. It's considered actually. This is very interesting. A more mature. Mm-hmm. And emotionally well-rounded and grounded Sagittarius will be very spiritual. Oh, ah, very cool. And often become spiritual teachers. Oh, ah, okay. So I'm, I'm going to guess that this dude's a Sagittarius <laughs> like me. And I'm down. Well, it's it's hard to tell because they didn't have the modern-day Gregorian calendar, nor did they... But I'm calling it, so yeah. it's true. But yeah, anyways. Hashtag facts. We don't even know the century he was born, <laughs> let alone the year let alone or the month. Let alone the zodiac sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, he met, yeah, he left at age 20 to do his thing. And then it was around the age of 30 that he had that that vision that I told you about mm-hmm. of, of, you know, witnessing Ahura Mazda. Okay. Or actually, it was technically his like one of his subordinates saying like, yo, this guy Ahura Mazda, he's the real deal. Everyone else, uh-uh, fake news, homie. Wow. That's kind of like my version of what transpired. I think that sounds right. That sounds about right, yeah. yeah. Also, he was 30. I'm 30. Coincidence? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but that means big things are coming. Big things are coming. That's right. It's podcast. Number yes. one history podcast ever. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm absolutely certain. You okay. heard it here first. You weirdos. heard it here first. My weirdos. Okay. So at age 42, he received patronage from a queen. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Hatuasa. Mm-hmm. And a ruler named Visht Aspa. Mm-hmm. And they were early adherents to Zoroastrianism. Okay, you know how he. I we know that he did. Um, he did convert Vishtaspa. Mm-hmm. Uh, how he did it, or you know, over what time period or whatever, I don't know. Um, it was hard to find, and I don't think we anyone knows. I'm sure. So in these twelve years, so from thirty, he has this big vision, and right. it sounds like he starts writing his hymns. It, it, he got good traction in these 12 years. Yeah. He has the patronage of royalty. Exactly. Him, so that's a big deal. And these were definitely kind of, um, these must have been some of the first royalty. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. it's not super widespread at this moment yet. Ooh, that's interesting. But that will definitely change over the years. Mm-hmm. So again, this was probably in the region of Bactria or modern day Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. He taught about individual judgment heaven and hell, the resurrection of the body, the last judgment and everlasting life for the reunited soul and body. Now, does that sound familiar? I went to Catholic school and that sounds very familiar. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yes. Um, it's probably not a coincidence. No, I, Definitely I doubt not it. a coincidence. So he died, and I'll get to that in a little in, later on in the episode, but he died at the age of 77. So quite a long life. Yeah. Especially during that time frame, like... Oh my god! Like during the Bronze Age collapse or early Iron Age, like that is incredible. He would have been like quite a community elder <laughs> at yeah. seventy-seven. I know, and so what's nuts to think about that is what what is that forty-seven years that he was teaching Zoroastrianism? Oh my god! Yeah, almost half a century. Exactly. Now, even though we know very little about the details of his life, I still want to talk about him because he was just so influential on events and and like he was so influential on the way things were transpired for the next like 3000 plus years. Oh my god. Um I mean not only that but like a lot of his teachings probably translate really well into modern ideas. Mm-hmm. So we're going to fast forward a bit to the Achaemenid Persian Empire around the year 500 BC under the king of kings Darius the Great or Darius the Great. 
<laughs> I don't know what we were watching once. Everyone went. Oh, it was Alexander. It was Alexander, and they call <laughs> Darius Darius, and yeah. I'm. I fucking love it. I know. Ever since that, I'm like, like. That's such a dope name. Yeah, like Darius. Like, and it's by the way, it's spelled like the same as our modern Darius, like yeah, Darius like, Rucker. Uh huh. Um, Which is still a cool name, but Darius just sounds a little more badass, a yeah. little more edgy. Or the Romans would have called him Darius, okay, or Darius. In I modern, like that like, too. Yeah, I want to get a cat in case anyone was wondering. Even though I'm like severely allergic to cats, and one of our cat, I want two. Yeah, to be honest, <laughs> oh, <laughs> one God. of our cats is Pericles. Yeah, and the other one's gonna be Darius. Okay, that's kind of uh, that works. Yeah, I think because you had Greek, good. Persian, it's awesome. Yeah, we should get a Persian cat. For, oh my god, and they're and so call cute. Darius. Perfect. You heard it here first. And then there's like a million kitties in Greece, so maybe we can adopt one or something. Okay, I'm down. Oh, this is, man, this is a bad idea. This is a very bad idea. I won't be able to breathe, but it'll be worth it. It'll be, it'll be worth it for yeah. sure. We'll, we'll get you shots. But anyways, <laughs> so I, I picked. By the way, I picked this specific point in 500 BC because this is a high water mark of the Achaemenid Empire. But basically, the Persian nobility believed that without question that Hura Mazda was practically the one true god, or it just was, mm. the one true god, and generally followed the teaching of Zarathustra. Mm-hmm. So, but despite that, they were incredibly religious, to- religiously tolerant for the time. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, I mean, th- think about it. Like, even think about, like, early Christianity or mm-hmm. not early Christianity, but, you know, like, middle-aged Oh, Middle East Christianity yeah. is not super tolerant. No, not super tolerant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they were. And it's, you know, basically, like, as long as you submitted to Persian political authority, which, to be <laughs> honest, was probably more important to them, subject peoples could literally just worship whatever deities they wanted. Like, they were notoriously very lenient on the Greeks with their pantheon. That's really interesting because, again, folks, like, this is not picking on any religious groups or anything like that. Just, like, from a human perspective that's not common no we tend to whatever types of beliefs even when they're not religious but especially religious we tend to really adhere to and identify with those and we're like this is the right way right everyone else needs to do this and think this way so for their time that's incredibly tolerant yeah it's interesting that they prioritized essentially just their political power right much more which is smarter I mean, yeah. It's that's, easier to get things done that way. That's And you know what's interesting is, I think it's at Persepolis. Mm-hmm. They have, like, beautiful artwork um, where it shows, like, the people of the world, like, mm. kind of singing Kumbaya. Mm. Of course, like, they would brutally, like, subjugate people, like, if they got out of line. <laughs> but, like, you know, it was a nice notion. Whereas, like, and I, I wrote here in oh my, my notes, God. like, the Neo-Assyrians were, like, the exact opposite. Mm. I find the Neo-Assyrians incredibly fascinating. But, like, you know, and I, I want to just compare, like, the last great Mesopotamian empire was the Neo-Assyrians. And they also believed their god, the god of Ashur, was the one true god. There was very few exceptions to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, exactly illustrates what we're talking about. And if about. you didn't fall into line with their... With their um, uh, with their religion, you're you're toast. You're to put toast? it to put it very nicely. Oh my gosh, I bet. Yeah. So, um, but this Persian Empire under the teachings of Zarathustra. Zarathustra, thank you. Did at least idealize, even if they didn't act on it, this idea of like a united 
people living peacefully side by side. Right, exactly. That's lovely. Like they they recognized that people had differences mm-hmm. and like but they as long as they submitted to the king of kings like they you know you could worship whatever you want. They even like let people um uh like have democracies like some Greek cities like have democracies under them. They're just like you just need to like submit to us. That king of kings was smart. They were, he was very smart. Well, I mean mm-hmm. that's why he, he's called Darius or Darius the Great. So, mm-hmm. I mean like goes with that that's why i'm naming my cat after him (laughs) yeah one of my exactly and again like i want to i don't want to say like the persian empire was also like just all kumbaya and everything like they committed atrocities but i mean again what empire didn't Uh uh-huh just like relatively it was pretty mild compared to what happened before right that's a good good reminder yeah exactly in fact i think they were the only empire to ever subjugate the jewish folks and the jew and um they never rebelled the Jewish people did not rebel. Never, because it was it was Cyrus the Great, the founder of the Achaemenid Empire, that um, when he he freed uh, the Jewish people in Babylon and mm-hmm. was like, you can go back to Israel or you can stay here. It's up to you. Whereas, like a mm. generation before Nebuchadnezzar the second of the Babylonian Empire, um, did some really mean things to the yeah. Jewish folks. So, yeah. Oh wow! And again, the religious tolerance I'm sure made it so that. These, that people didn't rebel. Exactly. In fact, I think even modern, like, and I, again, I'm not Jewish, so I don't know for certain, but I've I've heard too many people mention this to like to disregard to disregard it. it. But like, apparently, Cyrus the Great, again, the founder of the Achaemenid Empire, was is pretty well regarded even today amongst like Jewish scripture and the religion. I bet because how, what a different form of treatment. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that would have really stood out. Yeah. So. And again, so they they obviously let this you know the Semitic peoples in the Levant kind of do their thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so and again, I kind of bring all this up because I have to think that this di- form of diplomacy was in part due to Zarathustra yeah. and his teachings. Yeah, if not directly. I mean, right. even during his life, like he was threatened quite often, but he truly believed that Ahura Mazda was the one true God, and he never forced people to bend to his will. He just taught. And it says, like, you should be a follower because this is the right way. Mm-hmm. Again, simplifying it to, like, extreme, but that's generally what happened. Yeah. That's so, really interesting. Yeah. And, of course, you know, his legacy would be worshipped throughout the different empires that would control Iran. So from mm-hmm. the Achaemenids through the conquest of Alexander. Wow. Um, and then through the entirety. And so during the Alexandrian time, um, it was called... Seleucus the first was his general who kind of created what's called the Seleucid Empire. Yeah, and um, this this worship continued during him. But then when the the for the next two Persian empires or like you know Iranian empires came to be, they also taught the worship of you know Zoroastrianism. Oh my God! Through so many changes, so many changes, all the way to the 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 fall of Sassanid Empire to the Arab invasion in the middle of the seventh century A.D. That is actually nuts. Yeah, I think it's 651, if I remember the year correctly. But just think middle of like 650s So how many years is that from when That's... he started his teachings, you think? Oh, started his teachings? Yeah. I mean, if we use 1200-ish, yeah. Yeah. that's like 1,800 years. That's nuts. Yeah, eight, like almost 1,900. From just one dude. From one guy, yeah. Who was like, I'm going to write some really cool stuff and talk about, Wow. I mean, yeah, like as this kind of the official religion of like some of the biggest empires like mm-hmm. in the world at the time mm-hmm. throughout centuries. Mm-hmm. So kind of a big deal, right? 
And it's just crazy because like this religion still exists to this day. Yeah. Like Freddie Back Mercury. Back to Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, baby. Watch Bohemian Rhapsody exactly. if you haven't. And, you know, there's the kind of obvious mm. implications too that it um, ironically kind of not spawned that's the wrong word but influence sparked yeah the sparked the creation of you know christianity or helped influence the creation of christianity yeah a lot of the ideas and then and and later islam as well yeah possibly even like helped influence um jewish beliefs before that so it impacted the abrahamic religions exactly yeah that a lot of there's a lot of borrowed teachings in all the abrahamic religions that's so crazy also if i remember correctly Freddie Mercury, to get back to him, mm-hmm. his family was from originally from Zanzibar. Right? Yes. Okay, so the religion also migrated. It did, yeah. And now it's, uh, you know, ironically, like the biggest empire in the world had ever seen at a certain point in time. That uh-huh. was like the state religion, right? Yeah. And now it's like a very, you it's know, a more sm- minor one. More minor. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, again, I hadn't, I don't think, to my knowledge, I haven't met someone who's a practitioner or even sort of like would ethnically identify with uh this belief system but i had heard of it yeah exactly so that's really interesting i know isn't that cool so and that's it that's the life and legacy really of zarathustra or zoroaster right and and to your point earlier sorry i interrupted because i was thinking about zanzibar even indirectly you know aside outside of zoroastrianism his teachings, like you said, influence the major world religions today. Yeah, today. So modern concepts of right and wrong and things like that. The um, archetypes that we have of like heaven and hell, a lot sounds like, are not maybe not a hundred percent come from this guy, right? But are really related to what he taught. He at le- the very least he influenced these things. Yeah. At the very least, right? Yeah. And so again, like yeah, over three thousand years ago possibly longer possibly a little bit shorter we don't know we don't know and this is someone prior to you sharing this story with us today i had heard nothing about yeah and he's like he the world we live in like a is lot shaped of by him yeah wow. isn't that crazy that is crazy that's what i love about being able to do this podcast with you is is hearing about those folks that maybe at least for us being taught in the u.s we were both taught in California specifically, didn't hear about these things. Right. Things you didn't learn in school, but are still so important to know about. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I love it. I love this podcast, too, for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Subscribe, share, <laughs> rate, review. <laughs> but seriously, do that. But seriously, please. Yeah. So what are your sources, my love? So my sources, thank you. I know <laughs> I haven't forgotten in quite a while, but... My sources are Encyclopedia Britannica, worldhistory.org, history.com, the New World Encyclopedia, and of course our favorite, Wikipedia. Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And before, I should have said this at the beginning of the episode, Mm -hmm. but if you normally just fast forward this part and go to the next episode or whatnot, please don't. Because (laughs) our 50th 50th anniversary. Our 50th 50th anniversary. I know. 50th anniversary is in a few decades. No. Our 50th episode is coming up. And we've gotten a lot of good questions for our Ask Us Anything AUA. Um, But we still have room for more, I think. So keep on asking questions that you think that you want the answers to, right? And it can be about podcasting, this podcast, you know, our love of history, why we've got together. Yeah. Our dog, Stella, you know, what we think about, like the Kardashev scale, literally anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> anything. What our favorite colors are. Yeah. 
Mine's Very blue. similar questions. So you just there's a spoiler. Yeah, I, that's a spoiler for you guys. Oh my god, that's unprofessional podcast. Unprofessional. Well, I think that's all I have for you folks today. And until next time. Thank you so much, weirdos. We'll see you next week. Adios. <laughs>